first 12 verses there. <clears throat> James chapter, chapter number 3. <clears throat> verses 1 through 12. <clears throat> the Bible tells us, <clears throat> my brethren... Be not many masters, knowing that we shall receive the greater condemnation. <clears throat> Verse 2, for in many things we offend all. If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man. And able also to bridle the whole body. Understand what he's saying there. He said this. If you offend often, if any man does not offend in word, if you say things that don't offend people, then you are a perfect man, he said. And if you can tame what you're saying, if you can stop the, the destructive words from coming out of your mouth, then you are a perfect man and you are able to bridle the rest of your body. You can bring it into subjection. Verse 3, behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us. And we turn about their whole body because of the bit in the mouth. Behold also the ships, which though they be so great, are driven by of fierce winds, yet are they turned about with very small helm or a rudder. Whithersoever the governor listeth or the captain of the ship decides he needs to turn that rudder, that little thing's going to guide the entire ship. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. The tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. So is the tongue among our members that it defileth the whole body. It setteth on fire the course of nature, and it is set on fire of hell. For every kind of beast and of birds and of serpents and of things in the sea is tamed. Mankind has tamed every animal, every living creature that we know of. We've been able to tame them. But the tongue can no man It is an unruly evil, full of deadly poison. Therewith, he said, with the thing that we're talking about, the tongue, bless we God. We bless God with our tongue. Even the Father, and therewith, the tongue, curse we men, which are made after the similitude of God. Verse 10, out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. I want you to see what James is about to say here. He said, out of the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. You with me tonight? He said, out of the same mouth. Everybody say, my mouth. Out of the same mouth comes blessing and cursing. 
My brethren, James said, these things ought not to be. Doth the fountain send forth at the same place sweet water and bitter? Can the fig tree, my brethren, bear olive berries, either of vine figs? So can no fountain both yield salt water and fresh. Out of the same mouth proceedeth blessing and cursing. My brethren, these things ought not Tonight, I'm going to teach or preach, however it ends up being, on this simple subject, sound speech, sound speech, sound speech. Let's ask the Lord to speak to our hearts tonight and ask him to open our hearts and let revelation come tonight. Lord, we love you. God, I thank you for the opportunity to be in your house today. Lord, you are a faithful God. You have been working in my life at times I did not know you were working. I thank you for your grace. I thank you for your merciful kindness. You are faithful, Lord. I pray tonight that you would open our understanding. Let revelation come into this house. Lord, I want my speech, Lord, to proclaim your goodness on a regular basis. Lord, I don't want to bring shame to you because of the words that I speak, but God, I want you to receive glory and honor from the things that I say and the things that I do. I love you for today. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. You can. Seven. Matthew chapter number 7. Verses 15 through 20. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 through 20. Jesus is teaching these people. We talked about this a while ago, but I want to bring this back out. Jesus is teaching the folks there, and he said, Beware of false prophets which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. He said, verse 16, You shall know them by their fruits. The things that you see in their life, or can I say it this way, the things that you hear in their life is going to tell you whether they're a false prophet or if they are a prophet of God. You shall know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes of thorns or figs of thistles? Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that brings not forth good fruit is hewn down or cut down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. Do I need to go into Galatians chapter 5? But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Not working. Galatians chapter 5. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. Meekness, temperance, against such, there is no law. The 
there's no law. I want my fruit to show to everybody around me. I want them to be able to see. I want them to be able to hear the words that I say. I want it to give God the glory everywhere that I go, every word that I say. He must receive glory from those things in my life. I want you to consider with me what Jesus tells us in Matthew chapter number 15 and verse number 11. The Bible says, Jesus teaching these people, he said, not that which goes into the mouth defileth the man. But Jesus said this, but that which cometh where? Out of the mouth defiles a man. What I say shows others my relationships with the Lord. You with me today? The scripture likens evil words to poison from a snake. Consider with me. Psalms chapter 58, verses 3 and 4. This is just two verses out of the scripture that shows this. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, and they are doing what? They're speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf adder that stoppeth her ear. You know, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I just want you to consider with me tonight. If you're constantly spreading falsities, eventually people are going to pick up on the fact that you're a liar. And then guess what's going to happen? The next time, have you guys ever heard the story, the boy who cried wolf? That final time that boy cried wolf, what happened? He didn't get any help. Did you know that was in the Bible? He said, speaking lies, look, look what the Bible says. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they are born. They're doing what? Speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf. What does deaf mean? They can't hear. The deaf adder that stoppeth her ear. They quit listening to you. You want people to continue to listen to what you have to say? Refrain from lies. I wasn't here to preach that tonight, but here it is anyway. Refrain from lying. Did you know one of the seven abominations that are detestable to the Lord? One of them is lying. Jesus said, all liars shall have their place in the lake of fire. Not my words. Those were the words of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Can I get an amen tonight? Amen. Psalm chapter 140 and verses 1 and through 3 says it this way. Deliver me, O Lord, from the evil man. Everybody say the evil man. The evil man. 
preserve me, goodness gracious, from the violent man, which imagine mischiefs in their heart. Continually are they gathered together for war. They have sharpened their tongues like a serpent. Adder's poison is under their lips. Selah. Can you imagine? This is in their songbook. They're singing this song at church. That puts these psalms in a different light, doesn't it? God wanted them to understand, hey, what you say is a big deal. It matters to God what you say and how you say it. Well, glory. Psalm chapter 9 verse 14 says that, this, says, says that we need to, to ask God to continually help us keep our words pure. I want you to consider with me. Let the words of my mouth, the psalmist said, and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Psalm 141 and verse 3 says it this way. <clears throat> Psalm 141 and verse 3. I can't turn my pages that fast. Sorry. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth and keep the door of my lips. Set a watch, O Lord, before my mouth and keep the door of my lips. There came a time in my life, Rene, I had to ask God this every single day. I went and I memorized these scriptures so that I could ask God this same thing every single day. God, please set a watch at my mouth. Keep the door of my lips. Don't let anything foul come through these lips. You know, some days I take over. I'm sorry to say that that happens. I'm human just like you and, and, and I know that you're not perfect either and there's some times that you say the wrong things and you're not excited about what you say, and, and later you're like, man, I wish I wouldn't have said those things. Well, can I get a witness? But you know what, Brother Tuffy? God is faithful to forgive us, and he allows us to get back up and try again. Thank God for that. Thank God for that. You know what should be on our lips? What should continually be upon our lips? <laughs> Psalm 34 and verse 1 says it this way, I will bless the Lord how often? At all times. And his praise shall continually be where? In my mouth. Continually. Not just sometimes. But all of the time I should have his praise in my mouth. Man, I gotta be careful. Consider, I mean, come on now. All you're thinking about and talking about is how bad things are? What would happen if we say, man, it's bad? But God, He's still faithful. And God's still great. And God's still awesome. And God's still holy. And God is always on time. David encouraged himself in the Lord, in praise. Psalm 71 verse 8 says it this way. Let my mouth be filled with thy praise. 
and with thy honor. How often? All of the day long. Psalm 71 and 15. My mouth shall show forth thy righteousness and thy salvation. How long? All day long. For I know not the numbers thereof. Psalm 89 and 1 says, I will sing of the mercies of the Lord some of the days of my life. Oh, forever with my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. Amen. I want to glorify God. Now look, I could, I could spend time, we could go psalm after psalm after psalm talking about how that we should always lift the glory of the Lord up. We should always praise the Almighty God. Why? Because He is great and He is greatly to be praised. You know what? The Psalms end with this, this statement. Let everything that hath breath praise ye the Lord. Right? Praise God. I'm going to praise Him. With my lips, I will lift Him up. With my lips, I will adore Him. Praise God. Without His Spirit, without His Spirit, everybody said, I need His Spirit. I need his spirit. Why? Because Ephesians tells me, Ephesians chapter 2, and you has he quickened or made alive who were dead in trans trespasses and sins, wherein in time past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air. The spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience. All right? So he's talking about what we used to be. Go to the next verse. Among whom also we all had our conversation. We used to have that conversation that was worldly, that was disgusting to God. We all did. Can I get an amen? amen yes. We all lived that way. We all took our part of sin. Among whom also we all had our conversation in times past. What was those conversations full of? The lust of the flesh. Fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature the children of wrath, even as others. Can I say it this way? What's on the inside is going to come on the outside. And most likely it's going to come out in your conversation. You want to find out who people are in secret? Get close to them. And then listen to their, their conversation. When they think that not everybody's around. And they begin to open up and they say, vile things and then you're like man I thought you were a good person well guess what they're not so good down deep on the inside some of them can put a good facade on for, for everybody else but once you start getting close their conversation begins to it begins to deny them of a righteous individual I don't want my conversation to deny who I am I want to I want to not just be a Christian when I'm out and about, but I want my, my, my private conversation to show that I'm a Christian. 
not just when I come in the back door of the church. I don't want to just come through the door of the church and, 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 and my conversation be holy and these and thous and, and, and therefores. I, look, I don't care how holy you talk. It doesn't make you holy. What happens is what's done in a corner somewhere and the conversation that's handled in that corner somewhere. I know some people, I got to be careful, but I want you to understand, I know some people today that they'll walk through the church, they'll dance and shout, they'll talk in tongues for an hour, two hours, and they'll go back out there and as soon as they get back out the door, they get to a restaurant and somebody crosses them up the wrong way, they are cursing that person out worse than a sailor would curse them. I'm not, I'm not looking at nobody. You caught my eye. All I'm saying is this. We've got to have something more than just a superficial, hour-long relationship with God that happens once a week. We've got to have something on the deep, deep on the inside. Again, I, I, that, that video of, of whoever this so-called prophet is, I'll tell you this, he was a false prophet, telling everybody on, 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 his, on this video that, hey, wait a minute, God's not interested in a relationship with you. My friend, God is interested in a relationship with you. I am seeking to please God because I love my God. I love my Savior because he loved me first. He died for me. Greater love has no man than this, than that a man would lay down his life for his friends. He saw me, Brother Tuffy, and I was a wretched sinner, but yet he still called me a friend and he died for me. His betrayer came and kissed him. And he looked upon him and he said, my friend. Jesus' speech did not betray him. Jesus was able to stand in the midst of the worst place. I don't, I don't think anybody's ever been to that place that Jesus was. But yet he set an example for you and me. So that we can look at our enemies in the face and we don't have to cuss them out. We don't have to yell and scream at them. We can say, you know, I'm praying for you. And we don't have to get involved. As much as I want to. As much as I want to. Can I get an amen? As much as I want to get involved and, and let them have a piece of my mind. Look. I'm running out of pieces, so i got to keep hold as many as i got. Can't afford to give anybody else any more pieces of my mind. I'm going to give God the rest of my mind here. I need his spirit to help me. I need his spirit to strengthen me. If, if, if before my conversation showed that I was, I was continually uh, seeking after the lust of my flesh and the lust of my mind... What would happen if we as the people of God filled with his spirit, amen, as we begin to seek after? The apostle Paul said it this way. He said, covet the best gifts. What would happen if we coveted the things of the Lord? I know you guys are like, oh man, the Bible says don't covet, don't covet. Yeah, he's talking about don't be lusting after the things that your neighbor has. But he said, seek, 
Brother Mendez, you got to stop. You can preach this message. I'll just give you this mic here in just a minute. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. But you got to think, how many times does Scripture teach us that we need to earnestly contend for the faith? How many times does the Bible say that we should steadfastly stand, seeking after God with all of our heart? I covet a deep relationship with my God. I want to be used. I told Brother Tuffield, was it last week? I think maybe we talked about being used in the gifts of the Spirit. I want to be used in the gifts of the Spirit. Why? Because I want to see the kingdom of God go forward. Every successful church that is truly founded upon the Scripture is going to operate in the gifts of the Spirit, the people as well as the pastor. It's not just going to happen right here at the pulpit, folks. Sister Winnie, I need you to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I need, I need Brother Mateo to operate in the gifts of the Spirit. I need us to go about our lives and allow God to give us a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. He meant to God, for God to extend the, the gift of faith unto us. He meant for God to extend the gift of healing to us. Why? Because we're going to receive the glory? No, not at all. But so that God can receive the glory. I kid you not, I, I pray that there's a day that our faith is so high. That brother, brother Blue, that when we're out and about, I said it last night. I'm pumping gas into my truck. And all of a sudden, somebody gets my attention across the way. And I walk over to him, and God had just said, hey, I want you to go pray with that guy. I don't have to make a big, I can just come over and say, hey, man, I'm, I'm Brandon Hilton. I'm glad I just saw you over here, and I felt like, you know, I should come pray with you. Not one time, I've only done this about three or four times in my life, but not one time if I felt that. When I went to that person and asked them if I could pray with them, did they ever deny me to the opportunity to pray with him. Yeah? Yeah? Well, you know what? It's all right. You know what else is going to happen? If I feel like God said go pray for that person yeah. and they don't want me praying with them, I'll pray for them from afar. God, God will honor us if we, if, we will, if we will yield to the call of the Spirit. I'm not trying to get charismatic here, folks. There's a bunch of junk that went on in the charismatic church that is not right. But there is a real move of God that wants to have his people operate in his gifts. Does that mean you're going to operate in every one of the gifts? No, not always. Not always. Now, I know some people that move throughout the gifts. But that person is pretty much, I'll just tell you, they're very extroverted. And God knows how to use them. There is one man that is very introverted. Brother Tuffy told me the other night, he goes, man, that moody guy, he's a straight shooter. That man, I've watched him step into situations. I've heard of him also step into situations. He's not, he's backwards as the woods is. He, he's a backwoods guy. He'd, he'd just assume go spend time out in the middle of the cattle pasture talking to the cows as to talk to a human being. But I'll tell you this much. I've watched God use him 
as he began to speak. I've watched, I've, I've watched God not just with other Moody, but other men. And I've then also begin to witness, Sister Cecilia, that, that God began to move in saints' lives. And I've been praying. Can I, I'll just be honest with you folks. I've been praying and saying, God, I want to walk in the Holy Ghost and I want to be used in the Spirit, gifts of the Spirit, in a mighty way. And I want it to be evident to the people in the church as to what's going on. You know why? Because sheep follow. Sheep follow. And I told God, I said, God, if I can start operating in the gifts of the Spirit and the people of God begin to see me operating in the gifts of the Spirit, I'm not trying to do it because I want somebody to come up and pat me on the back and say, man, pastor, that was so good. Thank you for obeying the Holy Ghost. No, if nobody ever says anything, that's totally fine with me because what I've got to see happen is see the kingdom of God go forward, folks. You've got to understand there are too many people that are lost and dying without God out there that need something and some real people to come and operate in the gifts of the Spirit. Amen. Let them walk with God. God's just looking for vessels. God's just looking for vessels that are willing to be used in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Our conversation should be consumed with these things. Philippians chapter number 1 verse 27 says it this way. Only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. That whether I come and see you or else be absent, I may hear of your affairs that you stand fast in one spirit with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. Let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. Philippians 3 and 20 says it this way, for our conversation is in heaven, from whence also we look for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And then I begin to look, and there are more scriptures that talk about this. I want you to consider 1 Peter chapter 1 and verse 15 says this, but as, we which, but as he which has called you is holy, so be ye holy. How? Of what? Be holy in all manner of conversation. What you say needs to be holy. It needs to be like God. 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 12. Having your conversation, what? Honest among the Gentiles. That whereas they speak against you as evildoers, they may be, they may by your good works, which they shall behold, glorify God in the day of visitation. Having your conversation, people are watching you as a Christian. They want to make sure that you're not just like those other Christians who say one thing and do something else. Let your conversation be honest. If you say I live this way, live that way. If you say you love God, love God. If you say you love your brother and sister, love your brother and sister. If you say you love to come to the house of the Lord and worship God, come to the house of God and worship God. Be honest with your conversation. All things that you say should give glory to God. Sister Reagan, you want to get ready to come. 1 Timothy 4 and verse 12. 
admonishes us that our conversation should not cause us to be despised. Let no man despise thy youth. And I've heard this preached, but just ride with me. But he goes on and says, don't let them despise your youth, Timothy. You're a young man, but you know how you can not, how, how you can avoid them from despising your youth? He said, be thou an example of the believers. In word, everybody say in word. In conversation. In charity and spirit and faith and purity. In word and in conversation. I'm feeling too much liberty tonight, so please don't get mad at me before we leave tonight. But I just want you to know, Christians shouldn't be telling dirty jokes. It's not okay. Thank God. Thank God. I'm not, I'm not, I, I worked in the construction industry for years. Men like to pass around pictures. Men like to pass around uh, funny jokes that they thought were funny, that were very sensual. And they would come and try to get me to laugh with them. That's fine. But all I'm saying is, men, we have no business getting in those conversations and having a good time. That doesn't glorify God. That glorifies humanity. That glorifies the flesh. And if there's one thing, maybe I'm going to have to teach this lesson another time, but if there's anything that I can, that I cannot emphasize enough, is we as people, Brother Blue, everything that we do in our life must give glory to God. Whether it's what I say, whether it's how I act, whether it's the places that I go. I'm sorry, all I have to say is this. Brother Tuffy, I think the child filter is on tonight. But I cannot feel comfortable going to a bar. Why? They got great food. They got awesome food. You know, I, man, I'm sorry. I just cannot do it. Is the building taboo? No, but what happens on the inside of there, it's, it's not good. It's not holy. Can I just tell this quick story? I'm, I'm not going to just ask. I'm just going to tell you the story, but consider with me. I, I, was, I, was, I was working a sales job. I don't like sales. I'm not a salesman. And we were doing door-to-door -door business sales. And I have, has anybody worked in sales and door-to-door -door sales? Well, they have a rule that's called every door on the right. What does that mean? You don't pass any doors. Don't judge the door because most likely the door that you judged was the likely door that you were going to make money. So the first place that they told me that I was going to go from, from place to place, we were selling paper, we were selling office supplies. Guess what? We went downtown on the plaza. And they said, you're going to go into every business 
If you see somebody in there, you knock that door until they come to the door. Don't stop. And then we were there until about 11 in the morning and the nightclub door opened. And we were rotating doors. And I thought I had gauged it just right so I could miss the nightclub door and keep moving. No, the nightclub door became my place to go and knock. I walked into that place. I promise you I'll never go into another one. There was nobody in there. There was nothing going on in there. But the spirit that is inside of you, if you've got the Holy Ghost, is going to begin to work on your heart and your mind and give you conviction. One other thing that I, I'm going to say before I close, I'm, I'm promised, you better play. I'm forgetting I'm supposed to be closing. Is one year, I, I, I was the youth leader in Olathe, <clears throat> and I was all excited. It was this time of year. How many of you guys have ever been to Worlds of Fun this time of year? You got all the weirdos out there. You got all the ghosts and goblins out there. And they got it all dudded up as Halloween. And I took the young people there, thinking, hey, I'm going to take them through all the haunted houses. We're going to have a great time. And I told my pastor what we were going to do, and he's like, okay, sounds great. And I, I just don't know if it registered or what, but we went. That thunder something else. Oh, there's the rain. You know, I got plenty of time now. We got to wait till the rain's gone. No, I'm just kidding. But we we got in line for the first haunted house. It was starting to get to be really dark. And I had these kids with me. Some of them were my siblings. Some of them were other kids from the church. Some of them I was I was having to coax them. Oh man, it's gonna be so much fun. Let's go in there. And something down in my heart kept saying, you, you need to stop. You need to stop. But I kept ignoring it. Say, man, I've heard this is so much fun. We're just going to do it. And so I just kept ignoring it. And, I, and, and so we went. And all of a sudden, as soon as it gets dark outside, I don't know what, 8.30 or something like that, we're standing in line, and all of a sudden, this nasty music comes on. Don't know what it was. It sounded disgusting. All I can remember, I don't know if it was heavy metal. I don't know what it was. But the entire park just changed in a moment. Maybe it didn't. But for me, it did. And I looked at my wife and I said, we got to go. We got to go. And we grabbed all the kids and we headed out the door. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was God overemphasizing, you, you don't belong here right now. But I can promise you, I felt overwhelmingly a sense of evilness settle upon my heart and my spirit. And I said, I don't belong here right now. 
and we got out as fast as we could. Why am I saying all this? We were talking about what we say and how we say it, sound speech. Honey, all I'm trying to get across is this. You can coax somebody with your words and convince them that what they're doing is just fine. When you know good and well, down deep in your heart, that you wouldn't do that and that you shouldn't do that. But because of the things that you said, you influenced them to make a move. God, set a watch at my mouth. Keep the door of my lips open. This isn't my last verse, is it? This is Hebrews 13 and 5. We'll go ahead and read Hebrews 13 and 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness. Well, ago I said you need to covet the best gifts. Well, I'm talking about holy good, holiness, righteous things. You should covet them. But let your conversation be without covetousness. And be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. We cannot be a covetous people. But 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 9. I want you to consider this with me. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Thank God. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in the which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise. Jesus is coming back, folks. The elements shall melt with a fervent heat, the earth also and the works that are therein shall be burned up. Verse 11. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be? What? In all holy conversation and godliness. We need to let our conversation be holy unto the Lord. I want my conversation to be like him. I don't know about you. I know I've done a lot of teaching tonight. I don't apologize for it. But I hope that I've stirred your hearts tonight to long for a holy conversation. To long for righteousness in my speech and the things that I say. I don't want to just go down the road just because, oh, pastor said these words aren't right. Look, the words that we use tonight, that is by no means an exhaustive list of words. I heard one elder say it this way. He said, you need to, as a Christian, we should refrain from all slang. Why not? Why do we need slang? In our, in our conversation. Does it glorify God? I'll let you consider that. Can we stand to our feet? Can we lift our hands and our voices? And if it's really your desire, will you let God know, God, help me?